0: The following podcast is
1: scheduled for one-off with no time. Super Hot Fire! To go work for WWE because you'd be so up far on Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker! No, no, you are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This, this is the Jabberknocker Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another edition of the Knocker Podcast. I am JC. Alongside on the phone, we are social distancing still. Nestlemania. I am back, and better than ever. I, two weeks
0: in a row, who would have thought it? It's great, I'm back. I'm, I'm excited for WrestleMania, kinda. It's a, it's, a, it's a, what do they say, it's so big, it's two nights, which is the WWE's way of talking about nothing about the virus, but how great they are.
1: Yeah, and uh, yes, no, they, let's let's have uh, ten matches a night, and whoop you do. we got a lot added this week, and we're gonna get to that in a minute, but first... I'm going to put my own article because, you know, here on uh, Quarantine Island, I have some free time. So I brought back J.C.'s power rankings for WrestleMania, ranking the matches. Uh, it is an updating list. Uh, I updated it this morning because more stuff was out on Ross. You can check that out on jobberknocker.com But also check out our boy TJ with no NXT last week. he still had the writing bug. So he wrote about the coronavirus and independent wrestling. This is a very good read. Uh, so definitely check that out as well on jobberknocker.com But WrestleMania, let's get to the shine. Yes, it's always in the shine, even Mandy, even though she's not on television. Wow. My, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna
0: to start right now by saying Randy Orton at the end of Raw for me, mm-hmm. he literally had nothing to do again, nothing to say, yet again, captivating. Absolutely captivating. And shown through the entire eight minutes that he was talking, I thought to myself, wow, here's, and I just, here's a guy that doesn't like talking in general. But you can see in his his eyes, when he's got a big meat, like just hanging, and he wants to sink his teeth into something, he's going to take a bite out of it. This is one of those things where I went, you know what? Kudos to a guy that's not necessarily the best on the stick, but when he wants to be, he is the best. And I usually hate promos that are pre-recorded and have B-roll and all that shit. But for some reason, I was eating this up. I was eating it up, and I, I it was well-placed, well-timed talking about everything in their lives and, you know, having him go, I'm Randy Orton. Yeah, I walked in. That doesn't mean anything. I took an opportunity, but then I had to do this and I had to do that, had to do this. And watching, he's the only person so far, in my opinion, out of all 150 matches of WrestleMania, you know, because it's two nights bigger than one night and all that jazz. (laughs) Whatever. Fuck you all. Uh, To me, he's the only one that sold an actual feud to me. The only one. The only reason to actually walk into the performance center and beat the shit out of somebody on one of those two days, Randy Orton.
1: Yeah, no, he's just this. he has been absolutely the work that he's done the last couple of weeks for this feud, pretty much by himself, because obviously Edge was off TV. But Edge came back, gave us a really good promo that got us here, and now this is Randy Orton's response. I was going into this night thinking, what else could they do with this feud? Like, this this thing's ready. Like, this one's ready to pop. Like, this one, it's it's ready to be deflowered. But, uh, clearly, Randy Orton added more to it, and it just, like, it is unreal. Unreal, the work that he is doing right now, just on the microphone. Just, oh, I don't know if the match can live up to the lead-up, but I don't even care, because this is fucking super hot fire.
0: I, I, you know, I probably have multiple hopes, so I'll just blow my load, because I've been thinking about a lot of hopeful things lately. But... When it comes to Randy Orton and Edge, yes, I I think we're all setting the bar way too high. I think we're all going to be, you know, we're going to be excited that it happened and it's a good match, but I'm not going to help it by adding more to it because I think this match is going to be the match of the night or, you know, both nights, whatever you, you say, because I'm thinking about Randy Orton. And when Randy Orton doesn't have the color inside of the lines, so to speak, I think that's where he really, really gets into it. That's where he's his best randy orton like i thought about it right off the top of my head watching him put a screwdriver through jeff hardy's ear now granted that didn't mean anything but it's made everybody squirm because it felt real and i think that they're going to go out of their way with this last man standing match to go everywhere that they can and find a way to make somebody feel uneasy And we talked about jc every single time on this podcast anytime you can make somebody feel uncomfortable let alone feel something that to me that is what I, I will pay my hard-earned money or my free money because apparently I already own the network. But <laughs> that is why I get to watch wrestling. Like if you can make me forget for the forty-five, you know, minutes or however long that match is going to go, I hope it's less than twenty. But you know that's a whole other issue. But it's just I think that being able to all these matches are just kind of whatever thrown out there. This is the one match for me where I go, this is my main course. This I, I'll, I'll I'll sit through the you know the crap. Of you know Gronk dancing out of tune and Elias probably losing in four seconds to get to this matchup, because this is the match where I said, "Okay, I love it. I want it, and I think they're going to play with outside like tools and locations." and get really uncomfortable. And I think everybody's asses are going to pucker a little bit while watching this matchup.
1: Yeah, I'm 100% with you. But you know what sucked about Raw? Is that everything leading up to this was pretty terrible. So you know what? I'm going to bring us over to SmackDown because I just don't care about Raw. Um, besides that, <laughs> like legit, like we waited till the end of the night for the best part of the show, and that was infuriating. Sure. But it happens. Um, for me, I'm going to go over to SmackDown. And I'm actually, you know, for the last couple weeks, Miz and Morrison have been really shining in these empty arenas. Now, a lot of the times, like, when this first started, I was like, how are heels going to be able to respond without a crowd? Because so much of what they rely on is the crowd getting upset with them. Miz and Morrison have found the formula to make it work, where they're just using the crowd not responding as part of their shtick, and I can, you can just feel, like, you can feel it through the television that people are getting angry at them. And this week, like... Was this segment ridiculous? Yes. Was it silly? Yes. Was it kind of stupid? Yes. But I fucking enjoyed it. Them mocking all the teams, like, they dressed up as bacon, for goodness sakes. Like, it was just, that was incredibly entertaining for me. And then you cap it off where they actually did have a match against Heavy Machinery. There were steaks in it. Like, not, not steaks as in food, which Otis wanted, but steaks, like, they were, Heavy Machinery would have had a WrestleMania match. But, once again, this is one of the few storylines in WWE. Ziggler, Mandy's boyfriend, always in the shine, distracts Otis. And Otis, we saw for the first time Nestlemania, flip the fuck out. And he got his team DQ'd. I
0: will say, the one thing that really, really bothered me, and this was not a huge deal, but it was, it was shine-worthy because I thought, like, as much as I shit on John Morrison... I will say this much. When he did the cockeye for like the, the bacon and was like <laughs> looked like he was trying to be uh, you know, less than enthusiastic about being heavy machinery, I appreciated that. Dressing up like a unicorn, I appreciated that. You know, acting like idiots that were just fresh out of jail, it seemed like I appreciated that. So I will give my you know, tip of the cat to them. The one thing that drove me a fucking a wall, honestly, was watching the end of this matchup where it was just like Ziggler like, look at all these beautiful pictures that are forced of me and Mandy and then <laughs> You know, it's like you can even you could see her not wanting to hold his hand, you know, just stuff like that. You're like, oh, this is supposed to make him angry. Then it makes him angry. And he goes like, whatever. And he did a good job of flipping out. But he he totally like in a moment, in my opinion, where where it was critical, absolutely critical from being somebody that is going to be a comedy act like Heath Slater for a long period of time and always have a job. Again, not a bad issue to have. But in terms of trying to break through that next echelon of anything that matters in the WWE, Otis had that one moment where he should have snapped and done everything that he could have to make it seem like he really was a different character. You can be funny. You can do that caterpillar. You can do all those things that are great. And then when it comes for business, you flip it. And at that moment, I think he shanked it. I think he's a shake apotamus. I think he absolutely, he took that chair shot and made it look like he was hitting his nana. His nana, (laughs) J.C. I didn't like it. I didn't like it one bit. Wow. Stupid, Critical. And of the I love heavy machinery. I thought, I thought they, but again, I'm nitpicky, but again, an all good, in my opinion, a multi-segger, a great segment, multi-segment that was actually pretty decent considering all the, uh, the fluff we got. And I thought to myself, uh, all I'm going to remember is that botched chair shot. I just it. didn't take it home for you. No, he, Couldn't you know what? He, he botched the finish. He botched the finish.
1: It's. it's I, I don't disagree. I I tend to overlook those things because I like to look at the grander thing. But uh, it is very nitpicky, Nestle, to find the one thing and uh, hone in on it. Look at look. You might say it's nitpicky, <laughs> but JC, what I'm trying to do is make everybody, including the listeners, including you,
0: including anybody that's a wrestler that listens to this podcast, better. Because you can't just let people get away with bullshit like that. You're on. <laughs> you're on the biggest stage of them all. You're going to WrestleMania. Well, they're not because they lost. They, but they, everybody they else is going.
1: Who knows? could be a 14-team <tickly> match. Who knows? No, they can't do that. Who knows? It's, uh, no more than eight people together.
0: That's, you're, you're right. I'm sorry about that. So I don't bad, know how bad, the referees are going tag matches. Whatever. Anyway, in my opinion, I think, you know what? They are making boatloads of money. So you know what? They should be open to scrutiny. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And it's not bad. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. What do, what do we preach? You and I, we always say, be better. Just yeah, in general in life. I agree.
1: Be better. So I don't see an issue with this. I think this is a positive. All right. Well, WrestleMania. I do want to transition because your boy, Daniel Bryan, has been very open to critiques uh, from one Drew Gulak. And they are now like a tag team, which I kind of weirdly enjoy. It's a nice dynamic. Um, They actually defeated Cesaro and uh, Nakamura. Sami Zayn, once again, the star on commentary. Um, But this has, uh, I believe there's a match this week on SmackDown where is if Gulak has to beat Nakamura, I think Daniel Bryan gets an IC title shot. I believe is a stipulation. I don't understand what the hell that is. Honestly, like <laughs> I, I love Daniel Bryan and I love Drew Gulak. I'm actually
0: interested in this tag team. I think that there could be some likes to this. I don't necessarily see it as a team hell no. I don't see it as like you know the, you know that lightning in a bottle tag yeah, team. Gulak is oh an my god. Level. I love these guys. I mean the the problem is is that Daniel Bryan has some personality. And this is where a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you know, I am a Daniel Bryan-Homer. But I'm realistic. Daniel Bryan isn't necessarily the most charismatic human being in the room. And Drew Gulak is kind of in the same ilk. He's he's charismatic and can do things. But watching both of them, I thought there either needs to be a manager or there needs to be somebody else. And I think that's why Sami Zayn is in there, because Sami Zayn is just using the cheese mode at this point. He's got the IC title. He's better than Razor Ramon at this point, I'm sure. Billy's really, probably having a coronary while I say that. But, you know... Uh, When I think about it, I'm thinking Drew Gulak and and Daniel Bryan, if they were serious, serious wrestlers with a little giggle plus at the end of it, it's fine. But I just, I don't understand this whole like Drew Gulak wins an opportunity for somebody else, unless somehow Daniel Bryan wins the championship and then says, okay, Gulak and him are going to go at it, and Gulak turns on him. Like I can foresee that happening, but I'm curious what you think about it because it's just hard for me to watch it and go. Like, yes, the hardcore wrestlers love good wrestling, so everybody's going to be taking their pants off and spanking to it. But I just – I'm curious if that's enough at this point in the WWE so for those two. So this,
1: this, is, this is what I was getting to because I think I mentioned – I don't remember if it was with Ray Ray or with uh, one of the members of uh, Quinn Magic, but I said when Sami Zayn – I think it was with Ray Ray – when Sami Zayn won the title, I'm like, Daniel Bryan's the guy who can make a lot of sense for WrestleMania match because people would be really excited for it. And when you look at the WrestleMania card, like – they, they like to give you variety. So every single fan has something for them. There are a lot of people who's, like you said, pants would come off for Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. And if that's where we're headed, I'd be perfectly okay with it. My only worry is that WWE is going to WWE it, and Sami Zayn's going to lose in like a second. No, that's not, that's not a bad
0: idea, I guess, if you really but The other thing is, is, if it's so big, it's two nights, why not give him a 10-minute match, right? Well, that's I mean, what I'm
1: hoping is that they will actually get time. And I think Daniel Bryan, if he says, look it, I want to wrestle Sammy for 12 minutes, I think Vince and Triple H will be like, okay, you've earned it. I legitimately hoping. feel that way. I feel like Daniel Bryan has a lot of pull. I think that's like that's what I think we're seeing a lot with the stuff that he's doing. He seems to be having fun. He's passionate about it. He's working with a guy that he's always wanted to work with. And Drew Gulak, who I'm sure Vince saw one day and was like, I thought he was like should be like a caterer or something, so. I think I think Daniel Bryan's getting a lot of what he wants because I like he's earned it for a reason because his work speaks for itself. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. What else bad. did you like oh, from these shows? Well, I'm trying to go through in my head what I actually want. Come on, baby, put Gronk in the shine. Do it.
0: I don't know if I can do it. No, you know what? I, you, I'll put I'll put Gronk, but I won't put Mojo. How about that? Does that make <laughs> sense? That's fine. Cause they just they, here, here's why I hated it, and, and, and I'll get to why I liked it in a second. I hated it because they abandoned what Mojo Raleigh has done for the last, I don't know, six months. Yeah, but they, they made that went clear back they were doing that last Mojo. week. No, but it's, just, it's just, I hate the continuation of it. I hate that it's just like, okay, Rob Gronkowski's there. We're just going to go back to, you know, Mojo D1. You know, it's just, it is, it is, it, it didn't work before, clearly, because I was a homer for it and it didn't work. And then it became, you know, the man with the, uh, the floaty devices over his chest and now you guys all love him. <laughs> Whatever. Then he went back to his Zeba pant wearing weird ass suits and jiggling with his friend. And it, whatever. Like clearly Kurk's gonna get eyeballs on this thing. And it, that that's that's a money play. And I don't disagree that it's gonna work. I think it's gonna be great. I appreciated the fact that Corbin came out and made some legitimate remarks about yes. it. And I thought that made it better. Elias without a crowd might as well just be some guy who's wandering in the fucking wind. I don't know why he's even there. And then the fact that Gronk is like, I can't make matches, but uh, I'm going to advocate for this match. Now, let's go back. Pretty sure Alexa Bliss made a match as a host, yeah. and I'm definitely <laughs> sure that the New Day did because the Hardys were just interjected into you know, that fucking ladder match and won. So, I mean, the fact that they're like, oh, no, I can't make a match is stupid. And it's just, oh, it, it it drove me bananas, let alone the fact that he was dancing out of sync, and I'm just, hey,
1: I'm see, sure that's Vince, why I like, Vince is loving that's it. That's why, though, I like, so it that, doesn't matter. when that entrance music hit, it didn't matter what else happened the rest of that segment. When I heard that entrance music, I was in. I was just, I was just like – I just started laughing, and I was like, they got me. I laughed. Like, they won. Because the promo, it wasn't great. It was his first one, though. I'm going to let it go. But like you mentioned, I like the Corbin interruption. I will say this about the Elias song, It was probably the best thing he's done in about six months, which isn't saying much at all. But at least there's been like a couple weeks here of these two going back and forth where – of the all the random matches that were booked from Raw this week, this one at least has a little bit of story with it, and they've actually, like, they're trying, and as a Corbin guy, I'm happy that he's getting a one-on-one match. But I will say, the three-on-one bullying that will happen in that segment is not okay.
0: No, it's not okay. It's
1: not okay. Considering that, that Gronk shouldn't be a bully in general, that it doesn't
0: set a good precedent for, uh, you know, fans. Just saying, oh, sorry, the WWE Universe. I agree. Corbin always the victim. Poor guy. He's the kid. He can't even get respect. It's true. I don't even know if if he's worthy of this. I think on it. Here's here's the other thing, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but I do want to bring it up if we can remember, is, you know, everybody wants the singles match at WrestleMania, but isn't there like kind of like not a lot of luster now that they're at the Performance Center? They're not wrestling in front of a lot of people or anybody to be that matter. And then it's just like oh, Elias versus King Corbin. I've seen that before. You know, it's just like there's a lot of matches that I'm just not like. I know you said variety, but when I watch it and I see all these rundowns, I'm like, okay. Should we get into
1: the heat or do you have more shine? No, that's fine. Let's get
0: heady. <laughs> get him off my TV, get him off my TV, get him off my TV. There you
1: go. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. So I will yeah. say this because um, I did enjoy Alistair Black kicking off that jobber's head. That was awesome. But why? The, you, you talked about not making sense. Why the fuck is he fighting Bobby Lashley?
0: <laughs> oh, I
1: know. It, it bothered me so much because I went, huh? Bobby Lashley hasn't been on television
0: for, like, I think three weeks, it feels like. Yep. Alistair Black, again, start, stop, start, stop. It's like learning stick shift. It's it, it <laughs> just the guy cannot get any fucking momentum. just I'm sitting there going, why? Wh- what? Like, again, I'm excited that it's the first time ever, but there's no meaning to it. Like, and I know sometimes people are just like, calm down, Ethel, it's just a match. It's, it, it's you know, because... They'll they'll tell me every time when we put cards together, you know, because I get all angry when I try to put a card together. No, No, you
1: don't. No way.
0: Yeah. No, but here's here's some inside baseball, and I'll be completely honest with you. When you're putting together a card, you have to think about it in a different way in an independent circuit than you would necessarily from the WWE. But when I'm trying to book a match or book a card, I look at it and go, okay, if that match has no rhyme or reason for happening, it needs to be somewhere where – it's a cool down, or it doesn't matter. Like it's not going on first, it's not going on before intermission. It might go after intermission. Like you have to strategically place matches that don't give a shit, in my opinion, that are just kind of there to, to you know, be gaga or jerk you off or whatever you want to talk about. Like that to me, those are the hardest things when you're looking at a good card. When we, we will remember WrestleMania for this one because it's two nights, because of the coronavirus, for all these things, positives and negatives, and all this that stuff. If you took this entire thing, you took the WrestleMania, you know, lettering and and title away from everything, and you just made this a show or a pay-per-view or whatever, it would be hard to judge this as a good show, in my opinion, based on how many of these what the fuck matches we have. Like there are, I think at least, I think you weren't kidding, I think there's 14 matches, but it feels
1: like 13 of them are like, what the fuck. There's 12 confirmed now, but there will be an IC and tag, SmackDown tag, added on Friday at least. So that will get us to 14, and the rumor is there could be 16 to 18, so a few more to come. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the other random one is, uh, I'm actually, and this will be, you can read about this in my power rankings, but the Street Profits are randomly defending against Andrade and Angel Garza. Um, there are tag teams on Raw, but apparently they don't matter for this, and... uh Zelina's boys get to cut the line um I will say that match on Raw was that was actually entertaining it was like literally a half hour probably and it was a really cool fun match but like why is this just happening why couldn't this is this is the problem I have with WWE is they announced this was a title match and then they go and they had the showcase for Andrade and Garza why not have them like win the match call out the Street Profits, and then set the match. At least that would make sense instead of being like, you get this. I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why they always do this. I have a theory. I'm going to go off the board.
0: This is what happened. I, ha- I have no uh, inkling whatsoever. I do not have anybody in the WWE that is a pulse or a line to me like Josh does. Who the fuck is Josh? Uh, so this is what I think. Rey Mysterio was supposed to have a big match at WrestleMania. Now, whether or not you believe the filthiest of sheets, he apparently is in quarantine. We don't really like to talk about the filthy sheets on this program. However, I do believe that if it is true, that probably put into some type of random spin here where they thought, okay, there was going to be Mysterio and all sorts of, you know, like Latin flavor kind of thing going on that we've been seeing for a while. And I think it really threw off what they were going to plan on doing, and I, whether it was, you know, Garza or any of them that got the the, the nod with Mysterio. And now they're like, oh, I don't know, street prophets are there. Crap, we need them to face somebody. <laughs> uh, we, we We need. We need, we need young stars. We need, we need a Lothario. Yeah. You see the way Charlie Caruso looks at him? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like that, that's what I envisioned. He was just like, he puts his glasses down the bridge of his nose and he's like, that's sexy. Yeah. Like that, that, that's what I, that's what's going to happen. It's going to happen. And that's what I think is going to, and so they, they put on the, you know, the tearaway pant boy. And, of course, you know, Charlotte's boyfriend. And that's fine. But to me, again, a match that has a what-the-fuck factor. You know, we've talked about flammabilities on this program. We might not. We need to go off the board and just do a what-the-fuck. Like <laughs> What-the-fuck ability? Yeah, like what-the-fuck ability. Like there, there are so many just, uh, as we get to it, I'm sure we talk about a boneyard. I was about to say, my line.
1: notes literally say W2, WTF is a boneyard match. Can you please explain to me what this means? Are we transferring over to that right now? Yes, let's get to it. All right, so here's, here's the thing. AJ Styles comes out with his two noggin nukes, whatever
0: you <laughs> want to talk about, whatever they are. And they come out, and they're doing their thing, and they're just like, yep, toughest man in the room, yep. Air looks like something out of a shampoo commercial. Like, he's doing his whole thing. The, I will say this much. This is super shine, so I don't know why it's in, in the, the heat, so I apologize. Him calling out the, uh, the Undertaker as the Tiger King or whatever the fuck you <laughs> That, he was, that was good. That was good. The fact that he, like, made fun of Michelle McCool, great. It's wonderful. I'm hoping and praying that Michelle McCool has some type of purpose in this because it would be so great if he just beat, like, if he beat up his whole family, that'd be so awesome. Like, the fact that they're making The Undertaker a human is fine. But the one thing that sold me on it was he's talking about it. He's like, that's right. You're not The Undertaker anymore. You're just some random goof. And, you know, he got to me. He he. he Threw the line out there, J.C., and I bit it. I bit it hard, and I'm like, ooh, I'm enticed. I'll bite. Starts reeling me in like the big fish that I am, and he just decided to say, I'm going to bring back The Undertaker. Now, as a fan of The Undertaker, since the the dawn of time, since I was three years old and watching wrestling, I think – The only thing I've ever wanted in life, and I'm pretty sure people who love The Undertaker would probably stand up or yell at their whatever they're listening to, whether it's the radio, Alexa, whatever, when I say this. The one thing I want, the only thing I want before The Undertaker literally stops wrestling or just dies, whatever, is I want him to come back in the original Undertaker outfit. That's it. That's all I want. Have him wrestle one more time with the gray sleeves and gloves and do everything to be back to the original Undertaker, and that'd be great. So as AJ's talking about all this bullshit, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, here we go. Maybe it's a hearse match. Nope. Maybe it's a casket match. Nope. Maybe Hell in a Cell, because, you know, it's WrestleMania. Nope. And then he goes, I'm going to do a match that you like, a Boneyard match. And then, of (laughs) course, the record crashes, and we all all look at each other. We all, you know, social distancing. We can't really talk to each other or see each other. But I'm looking at it going, a Boneyard match? That's like basically saying, hey, JC, I'm going to hook you up with this woman. Not gonna t- she's right in your wheelhouse, right? She's great. She's wonderful. She's got all these things. But you've not seen her. And then you get to the dinner, JC, and you see her, and she's not your cup of tea. This is what happens. This, this is the blind date of wrestling. Because we'd have no <laughs> fucking clue what we're locking into. Boneyard. Are they in an actual graveyard?
1: They did say that they? uh, some of these matches are going to be done on location. So this one, uh, I would guess, probably not a graveyard. I, I think they might be going for a boneyard. I don't know if that is. Like, but... are they? Are, when you say a boneyard, what is a boneyard? I imagine a like, dog kennel with a lot of bones lying around. I don't know. So here's. Here,
0: I'm sorry, I'm taking over this podcast, and I apologize. <laughs> but I this is this is like stuck in my craw right now. It, it was the one thing that made me almost. I had my child in my hand and I was like, I wish that my child had fallen asleep without, you know, in my arms so I could get up and scream, but I couldn't. The boneyard thing about this entire, the thing that drives me fucking nuts is they went out of their way, out of their way to pick AJ Styles to be like, hey, have Mark Calloway look like Dog the Bounty Hunter and the Tiger Prince, just stand in the middle of the ring. And have AJ Styles go around him, circle, 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 and make him look good and run into his fist, get a last ride, maybe a choke slam and a tombstone and be done. That's all you had to do, as you've talked about this program. But now we're not doing that. We're not putting in the best in-ring performer to have an in-ring performance. You're putting Gaga with a guy who doesn't do Gaga? You're, yeah. it, it's like, it's the it's a recipe for disaster is what it is.
1: Yep. that's the, Honestly, like literally the first thing I thought of is like, Oh God! They're they're like I had a little faith that they were gonna do this right, now. I was like, nope, they are gonna. This is gonna be like a half hour. I don't know what's gonna be going on, but it ain't gonna be good. <laughs> and like, it, 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 so I don't I don't know if you've ever watched this. Go back and your you know your way back machine. Go on
0: WWE Network. There's a free plug for them, even though they don't support the jobber knocker. Go and watch Sting versus Vampiro. I think it was on a pay per view. I want I want to say Greed, but I'm probably wrong. But they literally, and there's also a, a one with uh, Vampiro and uh, the Demon in WCW, they literally are on location, and I think the objective is to get back to the to the arena at some point to finish the match. But it starts out in a graveyard, people are jumping out of trees, going into graveyards and, and, and cement, and just random shit everywhere, people kicking out theoretically on paper, would look really good. And I'm hoping and praying that it is not this matchup. Because if it is, you are all, no, no matter where you are in the United States, you are going to hear me scream.
1: You are. Our boy uh, Danny over in believe- the UK might hear you scream too.
0: Hey, if my boy Greenwood can hear me across the pond, I hope he's doing okay. I hope he doesn't have anything wrong with him and his family's doing all well. But seriously, I'll, I'll yell as fast and as loud as I possibly can because I believe you are all going to watch this match and think one thing, as Ray Ray usually says, and he texts it in. Does somebody check on Nestle yet? That's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. You're all going to be thinking the same thing, because you hate you hate The Undertaker, but I hate parading around somebody that's considered the next Shawn Michaels, or this generation Shawn Michaels, the best performer of his generation, whatever fucking shit they're spewing, and you're going to parade him? If he doesn't go to a graveyard, if it's a boneyard, if it's like a literal junkyard full of bones which is dust everywhere (laughs) or if it's a car like what are we doing like that is so far left so far
1: yeah it was bad it's bad um sorry i think my neighbor's looking at me like they think
0: i'm breaking up with somebody are you in your car
1: again yeah i have to be i can't yell like
0: this i have i have people (laughs) in my home right now this is
1: I get an hour to scream. This is, this is my therapy, I'm telling you. this is the only
0: reason
1: I'm, I'm not like, losing it. The one-man sure. Nestle. That's what we're going to call you from yeah. now on. Uh, but uh, continuing with matches that don't make no goddamn sense, uh, the SmackDown Women's title match is a uh, six-pack challenge, I believe. Now, here's why it's heat for me. They had it made as a fatal four-way. It made sense. You had Bailey, Sasha, Naomi, and Lacey Evans. That would have been a fine match. I was hoping that would be the match. I would be very happy with that match. But no. Dana Brooke and Tamina, of all people, have to be in this match. Why are Dana Brooke and Tamina in this match? Why? I don't know. It's like Tamina. Like, when has Tamina ever done anything? Like, ever? I don't know. Her theme music's pretty awesome. Tough me. No. Tough me. <laughs> I don't even no. know if that's her music anymore. I haven't heard it because she literally comes Probably back from WrestleMania, and that's it. It's just. It, it honestly, I you know, when I thought
0: about it, watching it, I went. There was there were, and they're just. They're pulling on my heartstrings, too, because I'm sitting there going, all right, Edge came back. All right, Daniel Bryan came back. Tell me Paige is coming
1: back. Oh, yeah, we got to have to dream a little longer for that, I think. No, I know, but I just, like, tell me. Tell me, you know?
0: And then she's sitting there being like, I just wanted people from Fox to let me take this announcement, and I'm sitting there at home in quarantine. And I, I'm sorry for my terrible British accent, but that's all I could hear. It killed me because it was like, oh, you think you can beat this person? Okay, and then you can beat this person. Okay. And then it got to Sasha. So clearly we've got to get through all the gaga, girly, gift, whatever you want to talk about, just to get to Sasha and Bailey at the end, where Sasha will probably end up winning. That's essentially what I, I, I see it happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay. I would be fine with that. I think the probably the original plan was a singles match, but they just don't have time to do it. So I am fine with them tabling it to when they can actually – Put time and effort and like a good story with those two because they deserve it. So again, I would have been fine with the schmaz. Uh four way schmas though, not six. Like this is just, it's too much. It's too much. You know what else was too much on SmackDown? Why is the new thing at contract signings to just throw chairs? Like Roman Reigns and Goldberg having a contract signing for some stupid reason. I guess words aren't enough. They literally go into the ring and they both throw out chairs at the same time. Like just like, what? Why?
0: Why? This will be Roman Reigns' greatest feat. <laughs> Honestly. I, 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 Words can't describe how much I hate Goldberg, but words can't describe he's not on my TV for that long, so I really can't hate him for that long. That's the conundrum but, I have, too. <laughs> right? So words can't describe that I'm like, I, by, by ipso de facto, Roman Reigns is, is a huge proponent of me being positive about this because he's just going to like get a spear, kick out. Hit a spear, Goldberg kicks out. He's going to jerk off his hand, hit him with a fucking punch. They're going to tussle around for 7 to 8 minutes and then of course there's going to be a couple of spears here and there and be done with it because and if it's the the crap Sunday at the end of the day that's fine. But I mean, I doubt Goldberg's winning. So it's just
1: uh, just, get huh? <laughs> just get it over with, huh?
0: Just get it over with, let Roman Reigns win. I mean, literally All of Vince's fear is gone. Like, think about all the WrestleMania moments that Roman Reigns most likely could have or should have had. Right? Like, you go to WrestleMania 31. They were like, he's going to get booed out of Sam Farron. So let's give the, you know, the heist of the century. 32, I think he was supposed to do something fun. And he, he, he won. I'm sorry. He won against Triple H. And they booed him out of the fucking building. That was a rough one. 33, he had The Undertaker.
1: 34, he got
0: Lesnar, and he didn't win. 35, he came back from cancer, but it wasn't a high-profile match. So, I mean, like, he really hasn't had, in my opinion, that match. I mean, you say the Triple H match is fine, but I think that's more of a just them shoving him down everybody's throat. You don't need to worry about the crowd, so just give Roman the bell and go with business as usual. He's going to get a mixed reaction instead of all boos. You know, once he returns to regular television, and until then, no one's going to boo him. So... This is a perfect scenario for Roman Reigns because they're always concerned with what he's going to do and what he's going to say or who's going to say it to him back in the crowd. So to me, what let, let it happen. Just let Goldberg take a W – I'm sorry, take a L and just be done with it because there's this is a – honestly, this is bubble wrap. He's Bill bubble wrap. He's Roman bubble wrap <laughs> because this is the safest they, – they might as well both be wearing chest protectors because this is the safest main event in WrestleMania history because the outcome – is already predetermined, and the fans don't matter. You can boo from your television, but nobody's going to be able to hear you. They've effectively taken the crowd out of Roman Reigns. They've won. So it's fine. Settle in, boys and girls. Enjoy the rest of the two nights.
1: That's all. Move along. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, speaking of uh, just enjoying himself, Brock Lesnar flew to Florida in the midst of a crisis to stand in the middle of the rain while Paul Heyman talked and then go home. What a fucking gig, man. Like, Look, I didn't need that. I didn't need that at all. It just, it, it like, this match was fine, and they, they, yeah. I didn't need that. Let me ask you this.
0: You okay. do know he lives in Canada, right?
1: Yeah. So
0: my thought was <laughs> they had to get his ass to the fucking performance center as quickly as possible because they don't want people traveling borders and all that other stuff. So I, I think Brock Lesnar is somewhere in a fucking hotel for the rest of the week, probably miserable. Cause he's got a wrestle on. I think they said the taped schedule was Wednesday or Thursday this week for WrestleMania. So he probably can't get home to Wednesday or Thursday. They weren't going to let him just show up on the Thursday, especially with the borders closing. So I think he's literally just been like, whatever, man, let me just put over drew and get this shit over with. And that's probably how he's thinking because you know, Heyman did the best he could, but Heyman says the same thing over and over again. And it's not, it's not for lack of trying, but I feel—I honestly feel bad for Drew McIntyre because I feel as if this could have been like the the tidal wave. Yeah, you talk he, about he lost Kofi the Mania moment. last year. You know, Kofi Mania last year was so organic and everything, and everything made sense. And it was—it was just the ground swell kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and the timing was so perfect. And I think that's what they would have had with Drew had this virus not come out. But he hasn't been on television, and if he is. It's like, whatever, it's just, it's so bizarre to me. And the fact that they, like, kind of nodded to it when Heyman, I was watching very, very intently when he was talking. He said, because he beat up Brock Lesnar and let him, you know, hit him down on three occasions, he's already a main event superstar for years to come. And I thought to myself, that's bullshit. Like that, that's all bullshit because Braun has knocked, you know, him down 45 fucking times. Braun's not a certified main eventer. Roman Reigns has knocked his ass down. He beat him once. You know, so it's like the, the people that they've, like, said, oh, you know, this, and the other thing Brock Lesnar faces, this person, that person. If you're going to make a guy, don't say something like that. Like, I don't know. I, just, I feel like Drew McIntyre is really missing out on the crowd participation because I think the culmination of this entire thing, J.C., is when he's about to beat Brock Lesnar, he looks at the crowd and he goes, three, yep. two, yep. one, Claymore. That's the moment and we're not getting that moment. So whatever he gets should be decent, but it's not going to be that moment.
1: No, I think this match suffers I think by far the most about not having a crowd and it sucks because McIntyre was going to get this moment. He was been he has been red hot, red hot, and it's just now it's just there's nothing they can do about it. It sucks. You just hope that after he wins and eventually when crowds return that the heat is the the positive heat, not 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 heat heat. Like the flames are still there for him, but I just don't know if they will be, Um, but yeah, it sucks. Do you have any other suckage you want to talk about, or should we get hopeful?
0: Uh, I think it's time to get hopeful. If you want to start, that's fine.
1: Glorious! Okay, my hope's pretty short and sweet this week. I watched AEW last Wednesday, like a lot of other people did, and I loved the way they did it because they literally did their show how we were asking them to do it. They put people around the arena in the crowd. They had MJF and Sean Spears betting on things. Sammy Guevara and MJF saying Chris Jericho's entrance. It was awesome. Like, they, they spotlighted the rain, where, like, everything in the crowd was dark besides the rain. The The look of it was cool. And they they obviously changed the hard cam, which WWE did, and we saw them make a big deal of it. Um, but I, I want WWE to keep going. Just copy all of, everything of AEW is doing. Because the best show in Empty Arena so far was AEW, and it wasn't even fucking close. They hit a fucking Grand Slam, home run, hole-in-one, every fucking sports reference that you can possibly make. I can't remember them because there's no sports right now, and I'm sad, but you can make it about this. And Nestle you've always said one thing to me early on the podcast. You said, it doesn't matter how good other people are, because w- uh, like other wrestling promotions are, because WWE, they can steal it and do it better than you. Well, WWE, my hope is that you steal what AEW is doing and do it better. Because that's what you're supposed to do. So just fucking do it. Like, it'll look like a defeat for two seconds, but if your shows are better because you're literally copying what they are doing, I'm fine with it. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's helps come true. Copy the shit out of it, man.
0: Mm, I like that. Uh, On a sidebar, I was going to give my comeback to somebody uh, before we had a conversation. I'm still going to do that one, but I got to say, comeback to Matt Hardy just because watching. The uh, as they said, all delete wrestling and watching the uh, you know the drone come down and the the essence of everything. I appreciated it because I was excited for it. So I'm happy to see that it happened very quickly, and I'm happy to see that he's where he could be with what he can do now. He doesn't have to wrestle as much and do everything that he used to have to do. So
1: I'm very happy. That's a positive. I comeback will say to me. though, one thing that sucked is that moment would have been so much more special with the crowd, and obviously they could. Oh, yeah. But like that was one where that one that was the moment that hurt that. And also it kinda sucks that he debuted for a match that is no longer happening. <laughs> so that's yeah. a tough one too. Yeah, I don't know. Like I
0: yeah, this whole thing is kind of all up in the air, I guess, but it is what
1: it is. Well, what's your hope?
0: So I've been thinking about this an awful lot. I've been thinking about WrestleMania, too big for one night, you know? I always hate I I always hate when the WWE decides to do this thing where they like it's never it's never like, oh, there's a terrible thing going on. It's like, how can we dub this some type of random-ass thing, you know? But I will say this much. We've talked about a lot of matches, but the one thing that I haven't think we've talked about enough, and it's been kind of underlyingly sneaky for the most part, because NXT hasn't been on television, is Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. If- kind of played some stuff up, they've kind of done some stuff, but obviously they've pulled the, you know, the plug on a lot of things I'm sure they were going to do. What I would like to see, and I think this is kind of a cop-out, but I think with not having a crowd, you're going to see a lot of kind of weird things happen at this WrestleMania. And I know you guys are going to be like, why would you hope for this? But I'm the re- you got to go with me on this. The reason why I'm hoping for shovel? it is so it continues. Shovel? Not the shovel. I'm going to say, right now, just because of what it is and what it should be, and it's not, I would love to see some weird, funky finish where both women are, are the NXT Women's Champion. I would like to see something where there's two NXT Women's Championships. They both claim to be the NXT Champion and have it somehow culminate at an NXT TakeOver or have it culminate at the you know any other big-time wrestling event that they can get their hands on. And having both of them say that they're the champion and have them not face each other right away, I think that'd be interesting because Charlotte Flair can still say she did something and then Rhea Ripley can still say she did something. I know it's not the best thing in the world because, you know, it's supposed to be Rhea Ripley's coming out party and everything, and maybe it will be. But I think that in terms of watching, you've named 14 matches already, or 16 or 18 or whatever we're going to see, and I'm already vomiting in a bag But there has to be, like, a different finish. There has to be a different theory to why these matches are continuing or ending or starting. And I think that this matchup could have longevity, could have a lot of things here and there, could go to SummerSlam if you really wanted to. I think they're going to treat SummerSlam this year like WrestleMania because they didn't get the full trigger on a lot of things.
1: Oh, I hope so, so selfishly.
0: So, I i mean, whether Charlotte wins and, ha- and then you re- has to chase her or whatever, or I, I would love to see both of these women in the ladder match, you know, like Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels, You know, both IC champions kind of thing. Like, that to me would be cool because it's not something they've done with the women yet. And I think that having Charlotte Flair strut around saying she didn't lose, having Rhea Ripley say she didn't lose, and just doing something like that to me would be kind of different. And Charlotte would get to be back on Raw, you know, but also go on NXT if she wanted to. But Rhea Ripley could show up wherever she needed to be. I think it would give the NXT a little bit more of a boost, considering right now they've been null and void for, I think, a week or two. And it's just, it seems like they're not doing anything. And it's all like nobody cares about NXT. So in my opinion, I'm just trying to think outside the box. I don't know if I have the best hope in the world, but I think it's it's different because Bailey's not getting any treatment. And honestly, Becky and Shayna, I've lost all interest in. Um, so to me, out of the women's matches so far, this is the one where I'm going, please make it good, you know, <laughs> and, and give me something to talk about because
1: none of these women's matches, in my opinion, are going to be water cooler talk after
0: Monday or, or, sorry, after Saturday, Sunday, maybe even Monday.
1: Yeah, um, I don't mind it. I like, like you'll see reflected in the power rankings. This is, like you, my woman's match I'm most looking forward to. Um, but yeah, should we get to the comeback? Yeah. Through the darkness, he has risen out of. People thought he was dead and gone and buried, but Cedric Alexander was in a tag match on Raw, teamed up with Ricochet, two of my favorites, the Pew 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 Brothers, as I'll call them. Uh, cause they just... The Pew 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 Brothers? The Pew Pew Pew.
0: They're I, shooting blanks.
1: Yeah, they were. Um, and they lost, but they were there to make people look good. They did their job. And uh, Cedric's a stud. It was nice to see him back in the ring, so he gets my comeback. Eh. <laughs> You're eh. such a hater.
0: I'm yeah. not a hater. I just, you know, something doesn't really move the needle. and Watching a clean-shaven ricochet and Cedric Alexander, again, decent match. But that, I, You know what? I'll retract that. It was not a decent match. It was a sloppy match, and the referee botched the ending on top of it just to crap all over it. So... Whatever the device was for it to be better, it was not better. And I think it's all four of those people's faults. And maybe fifth, but the referee. But, you know, I'm not a Cedric guy, so what can I say? You might actually be
1: the worst. Like, I might be the worst? Yeah, you just might be the worst, that's all.
0: I don't know. If Cedric Alexander continues to do something, then I'll, maybe I'll eat crow. But until then, we'll see what happens. Hey, he did something. He was in a match and he lost. Stud. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a dark day, JC, when you have to give a comeback to somebody that got into a match a lot. Yeah, just, well, just I pay. guarantee
1: you when you say your comeback, mine was so much better, so let's hear it.
0: My comeback goes to the Monday Night Messiah. Yep, there you now go. Point wrong. proven. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen. We want to talk about something that had literally no reason to happen at WrestleMania. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins has no reason to happen. Now, the popcorn spot, NIMCOS, and him costing the tag title, whatever it is, what it is, but this is the first week where I thought to myself, Okay, he struts out with his goofy-looking teeth, and he cuts his promo with his one-glove love on, and he does, a, he does a decent job of being the Messiah and walking all the way around Kevin Owens. By the time he's done, he gets to the top of the ramp and says, when I have to play under pressure, I become a god. To me, that tied right into the Monday Night Messiah. It tied into the fact that I was like, you know what? This guy basically said he built this, like, The performance center might as well be his church. He is God. And you come here on any given Sunday or Saturday, depending on what day they are. And so this is going to happen. And if it's not on Sunday, it'll be a crime because this to me is, you know, it makes more sense in terms of the, the religious aspect of it. But it just, makes so much more sense where i was like okay he's talking about how kevin owens has a home field advantage he's like yeah but this was built for me because i was this and this and i didn't have this because you're here because of me then he called out all the nxt people and said you're all here because of me and honestly if cm punk was still wrestling i'm sure it would have been the same promo from cm punk because cm punk really was the one that knocked down the door for all these other boys and girls from the independent circuit to come in here so it's funny that Seth rollins is kind of playing in the cm punk division In his promos. He's not that good, but he he did a decent job, in my opinion, which is why he gets my comeback this freaking week.
1: You know why that comeback sucks?
0: Because it's Seth Rollins. Yes, but you (laughs) know why it
1: also sucks? The biggest problem I have with that segment is, why did Kevin Owens not respond? Like, you have three hours, and you're clearly wasting our time with about 95% of the show. Like, Kevin Owens is one of the most brash-like people that would not take that, yet he took that. And um, that's why I didn't like it. So, sorry. Sorry, Seth. Your best work fell on dull ears because it was useless. Useless, I hey, tell I you.
0: As much as we crap on him, he is Seth's soundbite. Like, he does speak in soundbites because he knows that the production packages happen a certain way. So he goes out and regurgitates whatever friggin' script some, uh, you know, nerdy white boy gives him. <laughs> but he does a decent job. But, you know, when I watched it, I went, okay, this will be a decent package if there's one at
1: all. Yeah, but, from his perspective, you know, I'll give you that. It was a good promo. But still, yeah. the segment didn't work for me because... My comeback didn't go to Kevin Owens, JC. My I know, but by default, it just upsets so me. You, I don't know why you you know, in, not, like, you're sucking up. You, you come back and you're sucking up by giving your comeback to Seth Rollins. He stinks. Listen. It, I'm just saying it seems like you're 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 trying kind to of losing the argument
0: when you're grasping it's talking about somebody that wasn't really a part of the, the comeback to begin with. Well, no, I'm I was telling, saying, I was, that was that telling was you why that segment sucked. But I'm not worried about the segment. I was talking about the person. That's
1: all. Get out of here. It's time to finish. I'm right.
0: I'm right, and you're wrong for once. Just uh, just
1: take a bow. It's okay. It's, it's over. I'm, it's not okay. Nothing's okay. It is
0: okay.
1: It's nothing. It's a okay. big finish, boy. Yeah, hit the button.
0: Oh wow. What a maneuver. <laughs> One, two three. Uh, two, three. I think
1: that's
0: what it is, right? Yeah. I, think I can't. So. Sorry,
1: it's I missed so the button. Long. You know, I gotta get you your equipment back so you can run the show. Yeah, you're gonna have to sanitize the shit out of it. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm gonna have like OCD
0: thinking that you got the coronavirus all over my equipment. God, I hope oh. not. I hope not either. Cause hope that you're would okay. Because I mean, I have it. <laughs> uh, oh well. Anyway, big finish time. Uh, I don't think there's much to talk about it. it. I mean, I'm curious to see. They've kind of abandoned Blood and Guts on AEW. So hey, I'm curious so to see. So Cody,
1: Cody put out a statement. The reason why they did is because with the president saying there shouldn't be groups of eight or more people, he's like, there'd be way more between the people in the match, the referees, and everyone. So that's why they did it. And it sucks, but that's just the way it is. They're making the right call. Um, if they do this, this match in six months, I don't think people will be upset. Uh, especially if you have a crowd for this type of match, I think will be a lot of fun. So I think in the long run, it'll all work out.
0: Hold on though, because
1: to me, they
0: were like, wasn't there like a six-man tag last week?
1: Yes, but that was only six. This, this match would have had eight. And well, also that, I think decree, it was that decree didn't happen last week, because when the last week they made this match thinking it was okay, but the new information came out Thursday or Friday, and they've adjusted yeah, yeah, it sucks, but it is what it is. That's just there's a lot of things that suck right now. And you got to roll with the punches. And AEW certainly is rolling with the punches better than anyone. Uh, their show was awesome. I can't wait to watch again on Wednesday night because I thought it was must-see TV. I really do. It was like start to finish, must-see TV. Must-see TV it was. I don't think NXT will be must-see TV for uh, another week or two. But Well, know, they did say uh, Triple H will be on NXT on Wednesday and it sounds like starting April 9th, they are going to be airing the matches that were supposed to be on TakeOvers on NXT TV. So I'd assume it would be a uh, split into maybe two or three shows. So I think that is exciting um, for a lot of people because I think these matches that those of us that actually watch on the network and watch these events see and rave about, now it is available, will be available on cable for literally anyone to watch um, I think that'll actually help NXT in the long run because people will see some of these ridiculously awesome matches that they have, and um, yeah, these are the positives I'm looking at in this situation. I'm sure TJ will be with his pants off and dancing off when Gargano and Champa do 45 fucking minutes. So. <laughs> TJ's gonna get back to work this week. He got the week off last week. Wait, TJ. Wait, they, they can. He can go back to work. No, I mean he's getting back to work for the jobber knocker. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh, I thought he could go back to work. <laughs> what
1: no, actually... I don't think any of us are going back anytime soon. Ah, no. Unfortunately. That made
0: me pop for a second. I I'm like, oh, good for him.
1: But, yeah. Um, TJ, if you want to go
0: watch your Johnny Gargano's and your fucking Tommaso Ciampa's, you know, beat each other up and show each other how they're great for 45 fucking minutes and doing all 45 fucking Shawn Michaels
1: moves, go right ahead, guys. Go right ahead. It'll probably be a really good match. It'll probably just be twice as long as it needs to be, but... Uh, you know what, if NXT had any fucking,
0: any, any gripe with anything, they'd go up to Vince and go, get us commercial-free for two hours for one of these. If not all, whatever, tape. like, have one sponsor sponsor the whole fucking thing and do commercial-free if it's supposed to be NXT TakeOver. That would that would make them win against AEW, but then you'd also get, a you know, TJ wouldn't have to watch his precious Gargano Ciampa pitcher-in-pitcher pitcher or miss something, you know what I mean? He'd be able to watch it, you know. Commercials with his pants off.
1: Hey, you never know. Maybe they will do that. I highly doubt it because these companies in USA probably don't want to lose money. All right, fine. It was just an it was just an idea. Yeah, don't shoot me. I I can't. You're too far away. It's true. It's true. Anything else? I got nothing else. I'm 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 spent. I got it's nothing. Bad. I got nothing. Is there anything else going on? I don't think there is. SmackDown, they're gonna figure out Usos' new day, tag title contendership. I'm sure it'll be a schmaz, and we'll get a triple threat. Um, I, I'm sure Drew Gulak will beat Shinsuke Nakamura, so we get Daniel Bryan versus whatever. Um, they're gonna add women's tag titles. It'll be the Kabuki Warriors versus Bliss Cross, and maybe they throw in a Fire and Desire for funsies. I don't know. That's all I got.
0: Yeah, I don't think uh, social distancing is going to help wrestling at all. That's the one thing, very quickly, I don't understand. Wrestlers who are like, you know, people shake hands in the backstage and do all this hobbob and stuff. Like, don't touch me, bro. It's a social distancing thing. But then you're going to pick some random person up in the ring and body slam them? Yeah, with the like, clothes off. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, unless all of them went through a fucking Purell car wash, they're, they're probably all going to come back. We're going to find out everybody that wrestled on WrestleMania is going to be out for two weeks.
1: Like, you know what I, mean? I like- would assume that since the like as we've seen the people getting tested are people who are famous and have money. I would assume most of these performers have been tested, and that's probably why the Rey Mysterio thing is a thing. Because um, there there are some wrestlers that aren't there that I that could maybe have tested positive, and they're just they're just not going to be part of it, which for whatever reason. But I would assume that uh, Vince got his hand on some tests.
0: Meh, meh, meh. Uh, listen, it, it could be a downward spiral for everybody. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe if they adhere to the, you know, the COVID nineteen protocols, you know, they're going up there, going, "Oh, we're trying to entertain the fans," they're just trying to make a buck. I'm telling you, you watch, somebody's going to get
1: sick, and then you know what? It's going to ruin everything else for the next couple of weeks when we have empty arena matches for the next four months. Well, we all wanted that off season. Maybe we'll finally get it.
0: Maybe, maybe.
1: I don't have anything else, so I think it's time for you to socialize the pod because I can't. Ugh, shit. I have to do that. Oh, God. Um, Give us five stars, five flames on iTunes, Anchor, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, archived on YouTube, uh, except for not recently because I haven't been doing my job. Uh, But I just realized that. (laughs) Uh, Oh, boy. Maybe it'll be up there eventually. But the older episodes are all archived there, so check them out. Uh, Jobberknocker.com, that's the website. Where, as I mentioned, you can find my WrestleMania Power Rankings, TJ's Coronavirus article, our weekly AEW, NXT, NXT UK, and AWA Power when it returns, all available on Jobberknocker.com. Twitter is at Jobberknocker, at NestleMania, at JC of the JK, at DQ of the JK, at RayRay Ray of the JK, at BillyD2411, at Joe Pollock47, at TJ of the JK, and at The Real Deal B Cox. Facebook Jobberknocker, Instagram Jobberknocker, because we are everywhere. You want to be on? Social effing media. There it is. Cool. Anything else? I got nothing. Take us you home. You did a great job. Listen, everybody,
0: stay safe. Wash your hands for 20 seconds. This is a real thing. Make sure you stay with your family. Stay safe. And hopefully we'll be back next week with more or Knockery. Six feet apart.